This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Jackie O and you're listening to Militantly Mixed. Yo, this is Rashani from the Single Simulcast. And when I'm not making you laugh or making up parody songs, I'm kicking back. Listening to Militantly Mixed. I would like to acknowledge that the Militantly Mixed podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Chumash and the Tongva people, and I wish to pay my respects to the people of those nations, both past and present. Hey y'all, welcome to Militantly Mixed, the podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your host, Charmaine, aka Mixed Girl Maine, the Busiest, mixed race, bisexual, polyamorous, atheist, comic book nerd, cat mom, mask making, comic book store co-owning podcaster in this podcasting game. This is episode 108 and I am actually diverting from what I had planned to release today because something came up that sparked a conversation that may lead to um, a significant change in the branding of Militantly Mixed. I want to preface this by saying that it is not because of a single message that I am contemplating making such a big shift. That is not going to be the case. But of the specific message I've received, After having a conversation with the social distancing hangout and speaking about it with my husband and and sitting down to think really critically about the issue, it is actually, there may be change towards the show branding, I guess, as a result. Um, One thing that I've talked about from almost the beginning of the show is that Mixedness is not a monolith, and sometimes it is hard to realize that. And there are times when new information, there are times when you sort of exist under ignorance that isn't necessarily negative ignorance or it's not intentional ignorance. And being exposed to new information or new truths or exposed to a perspective that is different from yours may actually alter the way you feel about something or it may change the direction that you are approaching with an issue or an idea. And that is important to be able to be critical about the things that you do, the things that you say, the things that you believe, um, and make adjustments when new information or new perspectives that you critically evaluate critically evaluate, not going off emotion, but critically evaluate, uh, can change the direction that you proceed. And that's actually something that I'm dealing with right now. I also want to say before I get into it that this actually ended up being surprisingly emotional for me. God damn it, two weeks in a row and I end up crying on this fucking show. Um, it actually ended up being pretty emotional for me because it is very personal and and by personal, I mean, it is representative of me, Charmaine, the person. And so to make a significant change like the one that I'm considering and that I'm going to talk to you all about today, 
there is a cost, a personal cost to it. And while that may not seem significant to other people that are impacted by it, it is very significant to me. And I imagine if you had something that symbolically represented you, you would possibly feel similarly to I do. So I'm going to explain what we're talking about here today (laughs) before I get, because it's probably sounding too vague. Uh, But I wanted to say a few things about it before I got into it. Earlier today, I received a message on the Instagram DMs from a person who uh, said that they are a fan of the show and and they've learned quite a bit from it um, and that they knew that I had a Japanese background, but that they are triggered by the symbolism of the kind of Japanese flag that I include in my logo. Um, This is... The second time I've received a question about this, not actually someone telling me to change it or anything like that. That's not what was happening here. Um, But asking about the specific Japanese flag that I chose, given that it is reminiscent or harkens back to a period of time when Japan was guilty of many atrocities that they spread across Asia. And... This has triggered a discussion that this time around means something different to me than it meant the first time it came up uh, earlier in the show. So before I get further into it, I want to first describe and explain the symbolism behind the logo so that you, um, if you haven't been with me for a while, you may not have heard this. Um, it is something that I have addressed on the show, but if you're new, you just may not have caught one of the episodes that talks about it. So first of all, if you're familiar with the main show logo, it's the one that is on the white background and it is a circular military style badge that consists of the rising sun from an older Japanese flag um, referred to sometimes as the naval ensign. It is representative or similar. It's not it's 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 not the way it's positioned in um, the old flag, but it is representative of the flag that existed for Japan at the time that my grandmother was born and raised. It also includes the black power fist in the center of the sun, which is representative of the type of black American that I am. Black militancy, support of the community, things that kind of were taking place in the 60s and 70s. I'm a product of that kind of blackness. So that represents me as well. And then there's a, a yellow hand that is holding up a peace sign, which is actually something that crossed all three of my ethnic heritages. Um, in, for Japan, it's referred to as the V sign, meaning victory. Um, it's also considered the peace sign here in the States. It's considered the peace sign pretty broadly across the world. And if you flip it in the opposite direction on the British side, it means fuck you. <laughs> um, so I do have it facing out the peace sign direction in the logo. But it's it's not lost on me that that is also a symbol of my of my British heritage from my British heritage. And then it says militantly mixed at the bottom in uh, stenciled military style stenciling. Every aspect of this logo, there is an intention behind it. It wasn't just thrown up because it's cute or because I like it or anything like that. Every aspect of this was carefully placed the way that it was placed because I view this as a sort of symbolic self-portrait of myself, which is something you would have heard on the show in the past. This is representing everything that I mix with and identify with. 
The reason why it's usually placed on a white background. Sometimes I have it placed on a black background just because people wanted t-shirts on a black background. But it's usually placed, its original form was placed on a white background. Because while I am mixed with British, English, Welsh ethnicity, I, I don't identify as white. I don't identify within my whiteness because I didn't grow up with access to my whiteness. I wasn't raised white or raised around white people generally. Uh, So I put all of this symbolism on top of a white background because it is still a part of me. It is part of my foundation, but it's not a part of how I identify. So as I've said several times on this show, I'm hierarchically mixed. I identify first as black and then as Japanese and then as Caucasian British. And I specifically say Caucasian British versus English because the Britishness is the kind of white that I am. It's the kind of white that my family is. My British grandmother is a very British person, not just an English woman. She is a British person. Um, And so that's how I identify. So in crafting this logo, this is very much the point that I was trying to make by having it on a white background is that that is a foundation, but it's not something that I'm very much in touch with. But what I am very much in touch with is my blackness and my Japanese-ness. And the reason why it's shaped and looks like a military badge is because without the military, I would not be mixed the way that I am. Because both of my American grandfathers, my black grandfather and my white grandfather, were stationed in other countries during the Korean War. And they found brides in those countries, married those women, brought them here to the States. And then as a result, I am a product of both of those types of military marriages. So I explain all that to explain what every single aspect of this logo is and why I describe it as very personal. It's not just branding for the show. It is a literal symbolic representation of me and how I identify. Because of that, and being approached with the idea that there's an aspect of it that causes harm. And causes harm in a way that I would not receive well if it was being presented to me from a group that I feel oppressed me or did oppress, feel or or did actually oppress. Um, I would feel very similarly to the way that I believe um, this particular person who sent me the, the message earlier today or anybody of certainly Korean heritage, possibly Chinese heritage as well, and anywhere else the Japanese had a major um, colonistic impact on. So for those of you who don't know, and I'm not going to get too far into the history, but uh, I'll just give a small background. I've described Japan on the show several times as the colonizers of of Asia, meaning that in the things that the British did across the globe, the Japanese did within Asia. They enacted atrocities across Southeast Asia and To this day, there aren't very good relations across the board. There aren't really very good relations between Japan and Korea and Japan and China. Um, And there's a lot of... I'll say there is racism, but I'll also say there is prejudice 
because it, it reads differently than, it, than the way we understand racism and prejudice here in the United States, if you're listening from the United States, or in terms of sort of Western ideal of what racism and prejudice means. Um, to the best of the way that I understand it or the way that I'm connected to it through growing up with a Japanese grandmother, because of the sort of superiority complex that Japanese have had in the past, I don't, I don't know and I'm not going to claim that it still exists because I don't have that kind of access. But in the past, this idea of dominating Asia was very much a part of Japan's history. And the same types of things that were done to the Japanese Americans here in internment in the United States, the Japanese did to Koreans and Chinese and other Asians across Southeast Asia. And the flag that they flew around those times is very similar to the flag that is represented in my logo, the rising sun with the sun rays. That flag was eventually retired and replaced with the, just the red circle on a white background post-World War II. But the reason why I specifically chose it for my logo is because it re represents the time in Japan when my grandmother was born and raised. And it's my first access point. It is my, it is my access point. My grandmother, my direct grandmother, is my access point to Japan. And so when I see that symbol, that flag, I, also, I don't see it because of lack of information, lack of knowledge, lack of access, I, I didn't see it as that version of a, 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 a flag of oppression or a symbol of oppression. I viewed it as a representation of my grandmother. And so when I was crafting my logo, I was very um, intentional about every aspect that I put in my logo, uh, which is why it is surprisingly personal to me to, to be in a position to have to consider changing it. Um, so going back to why we're talking about it today, when I received this message, it wasn't presented in, in such a way that um, led me to the thought process that turned me towards changing it. And even the message I received today, the person wasn't asking me to do that. They were asking if I understood the history of what that symbol meant. And they weren't coming at me in a negative or accusatory or rude way in any fashion. It was really just a belief that maybe I did not possibly know the history and didn't have the intention to be hurtful, but that this existence actually does cause harm, which is a fair statement. Um, So I immediately responded, and this was right before our social distancing hangout on Sunday. I immediately responded with that um, I do understand that roughly the history. I understand that J Japan had committed atrocities across Asia. Um, and then I explained, like I did to you just a few minutes ago, every aspect of the, of the logo and why it was created the way it was. And I wasn't sending that in a message to say, I'm not listening to what you're saying. This is just the way it is. I was explaining the intentions that I had behind the, the creation of the logo to also say that um, I'm happy to speak about this more and, and, to, and to think about the symbolism and what it means. Uh, but I had, to sum I had to send that right before we jumped on the social distancing call because I only had a few minutes left. And so um, I said, you know, I'm happy to talk more about this, but I'm about to jump on this call. I'll come back to you kind of a thing. 
And then we got on the social distancing hangout and I, I didn't know that I was going to bring it up and I actually kind of brought it up about 10, 15 minutes in uh, to the discussion. But I, I wanted to bring it to the group because I don't like to live within isolation and I don't want to assume that my experience is the only experience of mixedness. Obviously, that is a mission of the show is to, as a community, try to find things that um, make sense for us and join us as mixed people, regardless of what our ethnic mixes are. And um, and I wanted to to get a feel for what this symbol does mean to other people. Mind you, no one on the group today was of Asian heritage besides myself. So we didn't have that part represented besides me. But what we did have was a, a group of people from all different cultures, some of who have been affected by the um, symbolic oppression that comes along with seeing a flag. And the literal oppression that comes along with people wielding the power behind the flag. So we had at least a spread of representation in that respect. And in the course of the conversation, I think the way it starts out is I, I say, you know, I'm not saying that I'm going to take one message and have it impact everything, but I need to understand what this effect might be on other people if I'm not seeing something. Because what I don't want to do is be guilty either through accidental ignorance or lack of information ignorance. And I don't want to be exposed to something and then just intentionally block it because that's not how I roll as a person. Um, and it's also not how I want anybody to feel treated. But I did think that there was some value in that question. Is my symbolic representation of me and the specific origins of my family um, in my logo, quote unquote, more important than maybe what it represents to people outside of me or outside of my family. And I think a natural reaction for, for some folks would be like, you know, it's your logo, it's your show. You do what you want. That's okay to an extent. But when we're talking about something that has a, um, a usage that is oppressive behind it, we have to pause and we have to critically think about it. And so that's what we're talking about today. In the course of the conversation, people were giving different points of, you know, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's like, obviously, you weren't using it as as that. And you weren't trying to send a signal to Koreans or, or other Asians to, to say, like, I'm Japanese, I don't care about you. But you were just thinking about, you know, you and your family. So it makes sense that you created the thing that you created. But it took until a little bit further into the conversation when... Um, one of the folks, and I didn't ask anybody's permission, so I'm not using the audio from from the um, the group chat today. I didn't ask anybody's permission about this, so I won't name names, but I think the people who participated will know who I'm referring to. So I'll just, I'll say that. One of the people in, in the group raised a point that, that sort of inadvertently opened up the critical thinking aspect of this and separating it from the emotional aspect of it. And what they said was um, they're of Jewish heritage, and they said that if they were going to kind of create a logo for them, they wouldn't necessarily go and use the Star of David, even though that would um, that would code Jewish for people who were looking at it. Because that's the thing about my logo is it's meant to code all the things I mix with or most of the things I mix with that I identify with by looking at it. And so they were saying you know, I wouldn't use a Star of David to code that I was Jewish because I'm not religiously Jewish, I'm ethnically Jewish, and that wouldn't necessarily be a symbol that would represent me. 
And I believe that they were saying that in a way of showing me that like, because I intentionally chose the specific representation of the Japanese rising sun that I did, I was intentionally referencing that my family is, is um, pre-immigration to the United States. Like my Japanese-ness, my connection to Japan is not um, American. It's, it's World War II era Japan. So as they were saying that, I instantly got the image of the Nazi flag popped into my head. And so I, I stopped the person I was, and I said, actually, that makes me think of what if the same words that I use to describe my choice in using the Japanese rising sun era of the flag or the rays, the, the sun with the rays era flag to represent my Japanese-ness. What if the same words I chose, a person of German heritage was using those same words to describe the Nazi flag? So I took a beat and I thought about this. The words that I used to describe why I chose the, the, the rising sun with the sun rays, the World War II era flag, was because my grandmother was born and raised in Japan during that time. And that is my access to Jap Japanese-ness. Changing those words. If I was the grandchild of a German Nazi era grandparent. And I chose the words, I chose to use the symbol of the Nazi flag to represent the time period that my grandparent was born in and raised in, in Germany. And that instantly affected me in a way that I could no longer think of I mean, I can, I'm still very emotional about it, but I had to focus more on the critical aspects of it and not the emotional aspects of why I would love to keep my logo. <laughs> As a descendant of African slaves in the United States, when I see the symbol of the Confederate flag, even though I haven't specifically been in a situation where someone has used the flag, as they are trying to harm me, I still have a very visceral reaction to it. Whether I see it on a bumper sticker on the back of a car, or I see it on display in a movie, or I see it on display on a state capitol, it always triggers a feeling of that is a racist symbol, that is a symbol used to oppress my people, that is a symbol of a terrible time of the United States history. And it, it's validating and justifying the cause that those racists had. Every time I see it, I feel that way. And I get a physical reaction to it, even if I'm not in, in a moment of feeling in threat. But it impacts me physically because I'm not just seeing that symbol. And it's not that symbol that is causing me harm. It's that symbol judging up memories of violence that was done to myself or my community or that I've seen on TV or that I've seen on video while streaming social media, what have you. I imagine that that is similar to the type of feeling that a person of actual Jewish heritage would feel when they see the Nazi symbol, even if it's just displayed in a movie talking about the war. Because even me, who, who haven't been oppressed by that image, can identify with what it would feel like to be oppressed with that image. So that being said, reevaluating what the specific Japanese flag that has the sun rays had 
or would have, but specifically in the era that Japan was actively performing the atrocities against Korea and China and other parts of South Asia, their grandchildren, that would be my age now, would have heard the stories from their grandparents of the atrocities that were plagued their people. And they would inherit the pain of that trauma in the same way that I inherit the pain of the trauma that my grandmother describes at being a citizen of Japan during the reign of Hirohito. And I get it. Even though it's not m my people, I am a person who has experienced that multiple ways with multiple my multiple ethnic heritages. So that that paused me. It 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 separated the moment of feeling like it would be really difficult to change this logo after all this time and I'm attached to this logo. I'm I'm I get excited every time I see it. I'm proud that I created it. Even after all these years, I still smile every time I see it. I just like, look at my logo. I fucking love my logo. But if my logo is representing If that specific element of my logo is doing to Koreans and Chinese and other South Asians that were impacted by Japan, if it is doing to them what seeing the Confederate flag does to me, then I can't... I can't do that. That's not my mission. My mission is to be an activist for mixed people, to advocate for our identity and safety and validity amongst different racial groups and ethnic groups and cultural groups. And I could find a hundred thousand ways to explain away any choice that I've ever made for anything and be like, well, you know, I didn't intend it to be hurtful or hateful, so, you know. It's not bad. I'm not going to change it. But I can't. I'm not that. I'm not cut that way. Um, once information is available to me and I'm able to analyze it critically and I see the truth in it, I have to adjust. But it's not easy. And there is a cost. But the thing is, when we talk about racism and we talk about systemic changes, we also talk about the discomfort that comes with it and the cost to the people that will have to adjust to a change. And if I am practicing what I speak about on this show and in my everyday life, hey, I believe I'm at that point. And even though it only took one message to raise that awareness, once the awareness is raised, we have to make changes. So what I'm saying is that it's not going to be swift because this time, type of stuff takes time and I don't want to replace it um, with less intention than I had when I created it. I don't want to replace it with something that's quick or thrown up to appease. 
what I'm doing right now is I'm acknowledging what the symbolism of that particular part of the Japanese era of the Japanese flag represents to my other Asian brothers and sisters and cousins that are out there that are different Asian than I am. I understand the impact that the visual may have because I can see it in my own experience with a different symbol. So I'm going to take the next few weeks to work on this, to, to try to keep the same type of intention and feeling behind it and representation that still embodies me and my family while erasing the part of it that causes harm. That being said, because of the relations between Japan, Korea, and China specifically, but I believe also spread out throughout Southeast Asia, there could probably be the case that the modern day flag would have that impact too. The relations specifically between Korea and Japan have not gotten much better. There's just less obvious atrocities, less visual atrocities, I would say, than, um, than what you would see on old war footage. But they're still there. They're still actively happening. And the treatment of Korean people who live in Japan is actually quite terrible as well. So I am going to make a change. I just, it's literally just happened. And so I don't have a plan yet. And I'm going to be moving forward with the intention of making an adjustment. But I, I keep saying the cost, um, the cost for change. And this is an argument I think that the racist establishments that are in control of, of, of systems of oppression try to use is, you know, we've always done it this way. It would be too expensive to change, blah, 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 blah. People just need to stop being soft, et cetera, et cetera. You hear all of these lame excuses as to why it's so difficult to make a change or adjustment. And even though there is a cost, and even though it's not going to be easy, it doesn't mean that it's not worth the adjustment. Once you have the information and you're able to critically evaluate it and analyze it, and you, you see that it is mimicking the exact same type of feeling and of oppression that other people are experiencing, and this is just a version of it that I hadn't understood, like may have been kind of softly aware of, but not on a, on a really pinpoint deep level understand that it would be the same thing now that i now that i see it as that i i can't actually move forward without feeling that way so the cost on an economic level or a financial level the cost is in creating the logo recreating the logo the sunken cost into all the products that are already out that i have existing that I have to decide if it makes sense to still allow them to be available to people or to, and I don't use this word lightly, like let it go to waste because they do exist. They're physically here in my place to sell to people or online, you know, things like that. So I need to evaluate that and, and figure out if what's possible there. The cost involved in changing the logo may also involve having to sell stuff that is existing so that I can afford that change. That's the financial side of it. Um, it's not the worst problem in the world. It is a problem that can be worked around and would not be an excuse that I would use to try to be like, no, nah, I'm not going to make this change because of the cost, the financial cost. Uh, I just laid out to say that it is, there is something involved there. 
But on a personal side, the cost to me personally is that I actually do, as you can hear, like <laughs> I'm emotional about a symbol. I created this as a visual representation of me and by extension, the show and what the mission of the show was supposed to be is. And I have a lot of myself wrapped up in it. I'm personally connected to this in a way that is the only other thing that comes slightly close to it is my actual Japanese family crests, which we call kamons. But I know the rest of the world would probably understand it better as a crest. I actually identify and value this symbol that I created a little bit stronger than those. And I actually have one of them tattooed on my body. So like that I feel close enough to my family to tattoo my family crest on my skin permanently is very, you know, and that's for my family crest. This one I was actually going to tattoo as well because this was my crest. This was my Charmaine representation and it became my brand logo. The other aspect of branding is just that I'm now identified with this symbol and will be even after it is replaced and fades because what we can see with all branding of products and services and things, you identify the logo and that's how you know to find the companies. And even when they change or alter, you can still identify them on the old things or you still remember the old things. So regardless of what I do, this symbol will still exist. It'll be available online, even if I tried to pull it or change it. And so it won't go all the way away. But it should be updated, given the information that I have now that I didn't understand before. So it, <laughs> it is emotional to make a decision like that. It does feel like it'll erase me a little bit, and I'm going to have to deal with the emotions behind that. But I'm not prioritizing the way I feel about a symbol that I've drawn over the feelings of possibly many hundreds of people and maybe down the line thousands of people could possibly experience if they see this logo because the show has grown dramatically in the last two years and a couple months and we are now actually interacting more across the globe than we did in the beginning. In the beginning, it was predominantly the US, the UK, and Canada, with little sprinkles of places here and there. Now, actually do have more interaction now with people all throughout Asia, South America, the Caribbean, the African continent. It's not, it's not as Western-centric anymore as it was, and it wasn't ever meant to be Western-centric. It just naturally was going to be because I'm of the West. I, I live here in the States, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to tend that way because that's the people who are going to have access to me immediately. But it's spreading to the degree that we're now contacting, being contacted by people all over the world. And as you can see from some of my past episodes, some of the people are actually in other countries when we speak. So another point that actually came up during the group, um, again, because I didn't ask permission, I won't name the person, but they had said that um, there comes a point possibly that there is a time in which the show has grown. Like it makes sense that I created the, the logo and the symbol when I did and how I did for when the, sm the 
the audience was potentially small or non-existent. And um, I had to start with me to get to where I am now. The show has grown far beyond that and has become far more broad of an audience than I had in the beginning or even, you know, hoped for, but didn't necessarily anticipate when I started the show. And so there is the question of whether or not you adapt to the audience on a broader scale than continue to to share a, a local or a symbol that is very specific or, or um, personal. So again, going back to the idea of branding being something that's kind of permanent, even when you change it, I know that this image is going to exist. I know that even as I am understanding that I'm going to have to change it, I'm so very proud of this symbol that I created and it, it means something to me personally. So I'm going to have to learn to adapt because it is more important that on a broader level, this does not trigger negative emotion or create some sort of like a, a like a slightly resistant enjoyment of the show where you always enjoy it, but there's always that thing that's kind of bothering you. Uh, I mean, that, that may happen anyway. You know, some people may like the guests that I have on the show, but maybe not like me so much when they still listen anyway. You know, things like that could exist. I know that it could. But this could also be the case with the logo, too, that someone's like, man, I really love that show, but that fucking logo triggers me every time. Like, I can see that being a thing for someone, and I don't, I don't know that that will ever 100% go away. But because this very specific symbol of the, the Japanese rising sun with the sun rays does do that in a way that I understand that it does now, that is something that can change without necessarily altering the spirit behind why I made the, the choice in the first place. I wanted to represent Japan. I wanted to represent my grandmother's Japan. I can still do that. There are other ways that I can do that. And I'm going to find that way, the one that's going to make the most sense um, moving forward. I am going to ask for patience with the audience as I go through that, because not only is it about finding an artist who can do what it is that I was trying to do because I can sketch it, but I needed an artist to realize it for me. Um, you know, and as I mentioned, the, the cost to, to make it possible too. So for a period of time, it will continue to exist and we can continue to have discussions about it. But I do believe that there, that a change is necessary and I'm going to have to try to figure out how to make that happen. Uh, so I do ask for patience while I do that. Because the other thing that happens when changing brand is a temporary loss of access and audience. That's a possibility. And I have to be willing to go through that to make this next step possible. <sighs> so all that being said, I'm, I'm open to hearing how y'all feel about it. Uh, I'm sure people are going to feel all different kind of ways. I really, really want to thank the social distancing hangout again. I, it seems to be a common thing that's happening every week now, but having that community space in safety in non-judgment to actually really sit there and listen and critically evaluate things that can be really emotional. It happens every week. I, I really think it happens every week. And we can do it in a joking manner when we all talked about 
who made the best rice, or we can do it in a very serious manner where it's really deciding, like, can you change this logo that is so associated with you and that you have a personal stake in, an emotional tie to, for the good of the village over the individual? Which, yeah, I can. It's going to be tough. It's going to be emotional. But I can do that because I have to do that because that is my mission to put the village before the individual. And, um, you know, the group really helped me get there today. And I wasn't emotional about it when we were talking on the group, but I got emotional about it afterwards as it kind of started to sink in and, and soak in all the stuff that we discussed. But I really do appreciate that y'all were there for me again to have that conversation and to to raise examples of how things like this permeate our culture, but also become in danger of just becoming normal. Like it's a normal to hurt people through symbolic oppression. There was a few examples that were cited, such as like terms that become part of our vernacular and things like grandfathered in. There was a, a few others that, that had come up. Um, there was a lot of examples that were thrown about and, and everybody came to the conversation with the, with the intent of like, let's actually figure this out. And, and it wasn't in judgment or, or, um, dismissiveness it was it was a really open-hearted conversation and i i really appreciate the group for that and so yeah i i don't know what else to say that uh that's um what i'm going to be working on for a little bit feel free to send in your thoughts or comments either through email charmaine at militantlymix.com s as in sam h-a-r-m as in mary a-n as in nancy e at militantlymix.com or uh, you always slide into the DMs on Twitter and Instagram and the Facebook page at Militantly Mixed. And, um, and, and let me know how you feel. I, like I said, the, the thing's going to happen. It's going to take some time, though. I don't want to rush. I don't want to replace it with a symbol that is um, not as intentional. And while I could make a choice to make it more broad, um, at the end of the day, Militantly Mixed is is a show, but it's named for my personal identity. And so I can't divert too far from that. So the symbol is going to still be very iconic and representative of, of my heritage, but it's going to be in a more thoughtful way. At least that's the way I'm feeling right now. Um before we wrap up, though, I do want to do a shout out to um, we got a couple new Patreon sponsors this week. So shout out to Natalia and Brianna for um, contributing to the Patreon. I, I really appreciate it. Every bit does help continue keeping the show going and growing. You know, it's 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 tough right now to to be supporting something financially, given all of the changes that have happened in this COVID world. And I really do appreciate that you've decided to put aside a little bit of money to help support this mission and this cause. I a hundred percent understand how difficult it is sometimes to prioritize money that way. And the fact that y'all include me and the show in that, um, is just very meaningful. So thank you so much to our existing Patreon sponsors and our new ones. I said last week that I was going to be getting a video version of the interview from last week with Danielle up and I have that almost complete. 
I thought it was going to be a lot quicker and easier to get up, but um, last week was actually a very difficult week. We had a funeral to attend. There was extra work um, over time, things like that. So time-wise, it, it just wasn't possible. But it will be getting up shortly for the Patreon sponsors that are over the $5 level. Um, so you'll get to actually start to see the videos pop up from the future interviews. I did not video this one today because I had a feeling I was going to get emotional. <laughs> I am not ready to be crying on camera all the time. Um, hopefully next week it won't be as painful or emotional a thing where I'm not actually crying again on the show. But if it happens, I guess I don't know what to do about that. But I do appreciate your support and, and your thoughtfulness in your approach. And um, yeah, I guess that's kind of all I got today. Um, stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Wash your face after you take off your mask for the day. Try to still maintain social distancing as long as possible so that we can get back to life in the regular world. And we will see y'all next week. Don't forget to be your mixed ass selves. Militantly Mix is a main hustle media podcast produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Fury. Music is by David Bogan, the one. You can follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Militantly Mixed. If you'd like to become a sponsor of Militantly Mixed, please go to patreon.com slash militantly mixed for monthly sponsorship or paypal.me slash militantly mixed for a one-time only donation. And if you like what you hear on Militantly Mixed, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to be your mixed-ass self. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.